Ann, and I'm a mama. I'm Ryan, and I'm not a mama. They only cause trouble. You get them mm-hmm. one, once they're in your life. Those little kids only cause a lot of, a lot of headaches. <laughs> and this is Mama Needs a Movie. Uh, this is uh, an exciting episode. This is, I don't want to get, I'm loath mm-hmm. to even bring this up and and, okay. and spoil the dang show from the outset. But this is the, we are living in the first week post slap. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is all Hollywood has been talking about. It's, it's how are you? Let me just ask you, are you doing okay personally? Uh, yeah, okay. I think I'm doing okay. okay. I'm doing okay because... I'm I'm seeing it through the lens of uh, this is being made into a very big deal um, because there are people who are really dealing with a lot of very difficult situations that do involve physical violence. People like um, Will Smith, Chris Rock. These are the people that are. De- uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Um, you know, there are just like bigger things going on even even watching interviews with Chris Rock talking about his life and his really kind of horrific experiences as as a younger person it's like this is i think it's just to get political for one second i think we maybe just have decided that the rules aren't really exactly totally the rules anymore so you can just go to the White House and sit in the speaker's chair and then put that online for your dating profile. I mean, maybe that's the rules. And hey, you know what? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's, I'll be the devil's advocate. Maybe it's good there's no rules. <laughs> really? I Okay. Why? <laughs> because it's, it's, uh, it's, there's a sub in America. There's a substitute teacher in America. Oh, a sub and a dom? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there's, there's a sub a and a dom in America. <laughs> okay. So there's a dom and the dom is Will Smith? But other oh man, that situation. Um, That's complicated. Our we have a great guest today, and I'm very proud of this booking. I think we nailed this booking. Oh yeah, really synergy. I think it's so good and so smart. She, uh, if she reminds me of the Oscars, and that she is a she's both a cheerworthy guest and a fan favorite. I think if you were to ask people who's your cheerworthy fan favorite, <laughs> <laughs> it would be our guest. It would be this guess it would be this flash enters the speed force um and uh, other little scenes from uh, really recent movies uh our guest is an exceptionally funny and talented writer and performer who hosts a podcast called too stupid to live where now listen to this she and her guests read and review <gasps> ch- cheap like you can buy them for under a dollar uh romance novels so you can see why she is very apropos for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she also mm-hmm. wrote and performed uh, in a one-woman show last year, Tight. It's already had one very successful run here in Los Angeles, and I believe might be coming back uh, soon, uh, perhaps this summer. Uh, we, well, I'm sure we'll ask her about that. Uh, our guest today is the marvelous Becky Feldman. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I hope I live up to those expectations <laughs> that you set for me. I couldn't, I am so excited to talk about this movie. I feel like you really, like, honestly, not to brat, you really did nail this booking. Like, what mm-hmm. a good booking. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's inspired. And, and thank you. Thank you for, for, for being up to do it. 
Oh my god. And here's another thing. I know I'm getting into it, but the these genres of romance novels are also my favorite subgenres of like mm. action adventure and I oh man. Yeah. Action adventure. Sex oh yeah. Butts. I've done your show. Mm-hmm. I was on your show. Yes. I did a book which I loved called The Spymaster's Lady uh, mm. by Joanna Bourne. We read that book. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a wonderful book. And uh, you told me that was the one thing I remember uh, very much from near the end of the episode. You were like, well, there's because I was saying like, I thought the ending was too happy or whatever. And you're like, well, they sort of all have a happy ending. So there's H-E-A, which is happily ever after. There's H-E. There were like all these distinctions, all these acronyms Mm -hmm. for different. There's there's a whole world of what I'm getting at is there's like a whole world of uh, of acronyms and designations and genres and subgenres to these kinds of romance novels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what do you think if you had to pick a, a fave do you have one is that like what fave. is the acronym for this one i think the two of them the lost city let's just say say oh, that. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the lost sure. city <laughs> the lost city so we don't have to pretend we we don't know them okay yeah uh-huh. yes so i feel like in romance landia as they say um there's hea which is happily ever after and then there's hfn which is happily for now where Ooh. it's like it's the it's usually it's an epilogue it's a final scene where you know it's either it, it it's like you know it's gonna be happily ever after but it's kind of just like a um a, a moment where they get together you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not the epilogue isn't they're married they have kids it's 10 years later it's like should we go on a date, a real date? And then it's like, end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the the Nick Fury scene at the end of Marvel movies. Yes. I, yes. <laughs> it's like, is, is Nick Fury going to get married and have kids? I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I'm waiting for that Marvel movie that ends with like a full-on romance scene. Ugh, Never waiting. happens. Yeah. Never happens. I know. And so you've read how many... How many romance novels just for your show do you think you've read? Like, uh, oh, geez. Well, I want to say I think I've gotten to close to one hundred books for the um, for the because I had this podcast for you know a few years now, so I'm not saying you know, and I do two a month, so you know, it took a while to get up compared to other readers. I would say like it took a while to get up to one hundred books, but yeah, I think I think it's close to that. So that's wow. you must be able to see the patterns at that moment of like, okay, oh, yeah. we're at, the first act is over and now they're going to be mad at each other and now they're going to be whatever. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's very like, there's, there's tropes and then there's, you know, the, the, uh, like act breaks and like, you know, the, um, what is it? Structure of a story that every reader knows, you know, every, like, this is why we go to them. Like, you know, when someone's like, oh, this was a trope. It's such a trope. And it's like, yeah, we like it. We want uh-huh. this story. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. we know. That's <laughs> why I go out to this place for brunch. I know their eggs are good. It's exactly. Like, yeah, that's yeah, what we got to eat. something that makes us happy. It's a, it's a, you know, it's like, I always, I always have trouble with this analogy, but like, it's, I feel like it's the equivalent, it's like the reading version of like watching sports. You have your favorite sport and let's say mm-hmm. it's basketball or something. You know you know what's going to happen in basketball. They're dribbling the thing, they're putting it in the bat. You know, they play the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. The bat. Like all, no one's going to walk onto the field and suddenly start playing golf, you know. You're in it for <laughs> basketball. So yeah. that's how I kind of feel about like reading romance is like you're in it for this like very yeah. like high stakes but low stakes story that just is escape pure escapism you know yeah. mm-hmm. 
Well, it's secu- it's secure. It's like a secure, like that's nice, ex- nice feeling of like, I know kind of almost like children's books, I feel like where you can trust that there isn't going to be all of a sudden like uh, the dad gets murdered. Right. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to read you a bedtime story or look under the bed. He's probably not going to be stabbed. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That gives me an idea, though. A mur- you know, <laughs> well, my basketball is the Academy Awards, which is why it was very upsetting to see a, an upsetting moment mm-hmm. in it because you don't th- you don't think that's going to happen. This we're like as I was saying, we're like a week out from the Will Smith imbroglio. Um, what thoughts, Becky, do you have on being black in Hollywood, on male aggression, <laughs> on alopecia? What thoughts do you want to say into a microphone right now and have preserved forever online? Yes. Okay. Like, here's the thing. Like, this slap moment, it was all, like, it was about me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it was, this it was. is my story, you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like I have so much to say. Don't need to listen to anyone. You know, mm-hmm. I have no, I, you know, I, I know what I feel and I'm going to stick by it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all like, you know, I'm, I'm, I like, this is about me. You know, that yeah. was the big <laughs> Becky Feldman story. When you saw it, you, you were like, oh my God, thank you. It's finally something about me. <laughs> yeah. Finally, someone can like hear my story. You know what I mean? And yes. So, but yeah. which side of the story are you? Are you the slapper or the slappy? You know, it's like. Are you both? I think I, I might be, you know, both. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like I saw mm-hmm. myself on both sides of that hand you know um the the slapped and the slapper you know it's it's complicated but I feel like I found my peace (laughs) Uh uh uh-huh it was resolved I worked through it (laughs) I'm actually stoked you found your peace I did yeah (laughs) yeah thank you thank thank you for asking me <laughs> if i i might have to take some time off i might i want to apologize i might be a little out of sorts on this show because i'm still thinking about how it affects me and mm-hmm. you know i'm in mm-hmm. that process as well yeah yeah i think maybe in in sort of the romance vein though the idea that there is a joke made about you about something that's specific and real to you and you have a partner and that partner's reaction is to hit the person who said the joke? Is that an attractive quality in a partner or a uh, quality? Um. Okay. Well, like <laughs> that's a difficult question because I feel like in real life I am very turned off by that situation. I find myself mm-hmm. like it's I, I. It was here's the thing. I missed the. I did miss the whole thing because that was when I was giving my niece a bath and so Mm -hmm. I didn't so then I came back on and saw Will Will Smith's acceptance speech and I was like or you know my family was there too we were like what the fuck is going on like we had no idea like what why he was apologetic or why he was crying you know and so then like we (laughs) kind of put the pieces together afterward Uh, um uh I feel like if it were a movie thing you know or even a book thing you know the idea it's it i mean listen romance and movies and books are so different from real life mm-hmm. i feel like you know a joke like that like at that moment if a character were to slap another character in defense of his woman the moment that's probably at like 
80% in of the book, you know, uh-huh. like there's all these like contexts and also, you know, it's not real and it's like no one would do something like that. I mean, I know people do that in real life, but no one would do it and have us interpret it as like a heroic moment, you know, um, it's mm-hmm. so. But then again, like in books and movies, there's like gunfights and and all these terrible, yeah. awful things in real life that that are all these awful things like. I just watched The Sopranos, you know, like mafias were rooting for them. But like in real life, these people are horrible, you know, but we still like (laughs) I think it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like in theory, the idea of someone wanting to to defend your honor or not even honor, defend something. Yeah. And being like, well, I'm going to I'm going to put my body into this into the mix here. Mm -hmm. It's like in theory, that's attractive. But in reality, it's like. Oh, I'm not going to be able to take you anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be so uncomfortable all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you did mention your niece and giving her a bath. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we talk about on the show is kind of like your experience of watching movies maybe around kids or as a kid and how kids in your life have changed your viewing of movies or, mm-hmm. or your comfort level with certain topics because it certainly has for me. Um, so you're an aunt. I am an aunt. Thank you. I'm a new, new-ish aunt, I guess, compared because she's one. So mm-hmm. Oh, my movies, gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. Mov- that's, that's, thank you. That's new, that's new enough for congratulations. Oh, yeah. thank you. I mean, yeah. congratulations to my brother and sister-in-law. But yes, thank you. This is about me. Yes, again, <laughs> again, we're focused on you. This is about Becky. <laughs> um, so the movies we have watched so far with her are YouTube videos of little cartoons going, hello, hello, what's your name and like open <laughs> shut them real oh, journeys yes. real journeys there yeah um so <laughs> which is actually a really strange song it's it's like your hands are kind of like uh what was that movie that horror movie where the hands are detached from your oh you can't control them the hand mm. that one there's a movie that... called the hand where that what's uh michael kane's hand there's idle yeah. hands. Idle hands is the. Uh, That's probably it's one of yeah, those. Yeah. One yeah. of those. Mm-hmm. But it's like the hands are going to come into your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that when I when we get to that part, uh, I, I'm like, oh, that's a little, that's a little creepy. Like your hands mm-hmm. are going to jump into your mouth. Yeah, it's just my hot take on a, a classic children's. Yeah, on open shut them. I get <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were a kid, where did getting into movies come from for you well I think it came from my parents I think that they're they are cinephiles I would say Mm -hmm. um when like you know they would go out to dinner and we would have like a babysitter they would always rent a movie or you Mm -hmm. know they would tape movies off of tv like I think like just because I recently talked about this, uh, my my brother and I were really ob- obsessed with the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And so mm. it used to come on at like 1135 at night and my parents would like tape it and, you know, go to sleep. And then like we would get to watch Superman. But like obviously this is like when you're fast forwarding through the commercials and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, too fast. And then you go back. So I feel like um, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, was like our beginning into movies, you know, and we were allowed to watch like, cause we didn't have cable growing up. So I don't know Nickelodeon or, well, I mean, I know it now, but you know what I mean? I didn't have mm-hmm. like Ren and Stimpy or something. So, but we were watching like, you know, like 
we were watching Woody Allen movies, and I'm like oh. kind of loath to <laughs> say it, but we were. And um, but you also, didn't know you were a child. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's it's. It's an inter- it's interesting to say the very least at the moment, but mm. yeah, you know, we were watching that. Um, yeah, was there any like, particular yeah. any particular Woody Allen you remember watching as a small child? Because we've had a surprisingly large number of guests on who mm-hmm. watch Woody Allen. I started watching yeah. Woody Allen when I was about ten or twelve years old, so it's it's not. I think partially because they're not yeah. like a lot of them are family friendly in terms of language at least like a little films from mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s like yeah i do think it is something like yeah we like these movies and the kids can watch hannah and her sisters there's nothing you know like yeah they're gonna love this but you they know, might what nine-year-old you know? <laughs> doesn't want to watch hannah <laughs> but yeah are there ones you remember from that I'm, it's not to um i i do remember um bananas is a bit it's bananas oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i watched that when i was a kid too yeah, yeah. And, and i just feel like you know my parents were always of the thing of like this is art you know so if you're seeing like you know nudity or you're hearing like or you know they're saying curse words or there's violence it always was like well this is art and you need to appreciate it you know even Uh though i remember watching is it what's the woody allen movie where um the this was very young where um what's new pussycat where the hands come across the screen and um like like and it's pretend they're pretending to be like the projectionist of the movie but they're like oh do you know what i'm talking about yes i do i do yeah is it what's up tiger lily is it the one that's like the dubbed movie it is the dubbed movie yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and i remember watching that and there's a sex scene in it and i just was at that age i must have been like nine or ten and i was just at that age where i like i was kind of understanding about sex and sex sexuality and like understanding that it's like not like I used to think it was just like oh it's just naked people kissing who cares but then at that moment I was like understanding that it was like a lot more and it was more vulnerable and I just remember darting upstairs and it was like the one (laughs) Woody Allen movie I never finished because (laughs) because of that scene it was like that was the first movie where I became where I realized it's very uncomfortable to watch sex scenes with your parents it is it's a thing Mm -hmm. I it's kind of related to like of romance novels are similar in that there's so much coded kind of stuff like if you read it because uh, I used to like sneak into the into the grocery store not sneak into the grocery store but I would sneak into <laughs> Ryan the, to look at the ki- lettuce I would who's go- that kid in the grocery store <laughs> why is he wearing all store. black but, like, while my mom shopped I would like I would I would read Mad Magazine or whatever or sometimes mm-hmm. open these romance novels and be like ooh there's a one there's a part where they're talking about it there's a, a sex scene or whatever and it was mm-hmm. all very you know those novels use a lot of like quivering mounds kind of yeah. fi- figurative mm-hmm. language and movies do something similar even when they portray sex, which is just like two naked people writhing. And then there's Mm -hmm. like a moment when you realize like, oh, there's a whole mechanism going on. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Mechanism. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, what romance? (laughs) It's not like you realize that like this is more than poetic. You know what I mean? Like this is not just like, uh, it's not like the equivalent of like, dancing in the grass or something you Mm -hmm. know like and you used to think like okay that was what it was like like the little mermaid um you know sings under the sea and then two naked people kiss like that's movies and then like you Mm -hmm. get older and you're like holy shit (laughs) like this is all this is embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) was like fluids and yeah lots of fluids and like she's pregnant like what like how and and it changes everything like (laughs) (laughs) ruins everything (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. thing to think that kids, I mean, not to bring up like the depressing side of it, but a lot of kids now probably will, by like living on the internet, you see things probably at a much younger age mm-hmm. that you're like, well, that's how it works. And do you even yeah. have a chance to read a romance novel? Do you even have a chance to just watch like a cute romance before you're like, well, that's how sex works. And yeah, um, absolutely. It's very interesting. Like, I have no idea because like, you know, I didn't grow up in an age where it was like, well, you know, porn and the idea of seeing like naked sexuality like online, you know, that was like I had our I think my generation, we had already known, you know, what sex is, but like we already figured it out. But yeah, I am so curious as to like, who who's gonna be the first one to like show someone a naked photo who's the first one who's gonna be like look at this and you're like what this is online you know like what's the Mm -hmm. like how it is very fascinating and like yeah I don't know yeah yeah I mean some of it I think is it's the because of streaming services it's like if you watch euphoria I think you you already saw everything like it, yeah, it, it's so accessible. You do need you still need to have cable. Yeah, but but I mean, not really. You have like Who Netflix doesn't? or something. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And like, there's a part of me like I'm not a parent. I'm not a mama. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. But if I were a mama, I'd be like, read a romance novel before you see porn <laughs> yes. a little bit just because it is like <laughs> it is a way to like ease in a little bit of like, this is what like sex and sexuality like can be you know like Mm -hmm. it is about like connecting with your partner and it's it can be like something that's like very personal and then but then when you see like porn or whatever you can then you learn that oh it's not and you don't need to like it it doesn't necessarily need to be something that's like degrading you know like yeah when you watch it in a con or when you learn about it first in a context i mean i don't know what i'm talking about but it's just like like, yeah there are different versions of it it's like it's a complicated topic there are different ways that you can Mm -hmm. do this at different things and you get to choose what you're comfortable with if you're more of like a intimacy person or more of a just rutting in the dirt Kind yeah, of person. And you can tell maybe what kind of person I am from the way that I put that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Listen, there's like even and even like there's romance novels where I wouldn't be like this is a fr- this is should be your first romance novel because there's so many different fetishes and like things that like maybe like mm-hmm. where consent seems iffy and and you're like whoa like when and if it's just your first foray and you're like oh my god he's like calling her that he's tying her up she's doing that to him like whoa you know like then it's like okay well you need to know the world and and that this is a specific fantasy and it doesn't represent like you know all readers sure wouldn't you say though that most of what you read or most of the stuff that in in that world at least like acknowledges a a female perspective on it i mean how often are you reading something that's like I mean, it seems, I mean, not that all pornography is from the perspective of, of, of men. There is some that I think aspires or something to be from some, somewhere else. But I feel like that, that is one, that is probably one crucial difference. It's like if you're reading a sex scene in a book, it's more than likely, if not written by a woman, it's, it's more than likely written to be read by a woman, at least one Absolutely. woman. <laughs> yeah, at least one. I mean, that's the like yeah. reason why, like that was the main reason they came about is that it was, it's all primarily for women. And even if it is like, there's a lot of books lately where, you know, the man is the protagonist and, or, you know, is the one kind of narrating you through the book. And I find that like very fascinating because I think it's such a risk. But as you read it, it he's narrating 
it's written for women, like whether it's a female narrating or it's like you're from a female perspective or a male perspective or, you know, whoever it is like it is even if it's like from a male perspective, it's not male gazy, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like it is more about like kind of like in this movie about like worshiping her mind you know mm-hmm. not like it's an yeah, idealized exactly yeah. yeah like they're 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 appreciating her whole like you know her, her as a person as opposed to just like something that's just like beautiful to look at which is there you know it's there's physical attraction but like there's also just so much more than you know just like angles and and how the noises she's making you know <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah. She's not just the girlfriend. Exactly. Like she doesn't. Yeah. She, it's not just a description of her dimensions or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. The only experience I ever had with romance novels was my grandmother's friend who was like, I want to say 30 years younger than her or something, who would sometimes, she was a personal assistant and she worked on the original Star Wars mm. as a personal assistant to some people. She was she was personal assistant to basically everybody. What, what person? To, to Yoda? <laughs> I don't know. Chewbacca. Was she yeah. Peter Mayhew's personal assistant? Was she uh, Stuart Freeborn's uh, makeup assistant? Uh, let's be specific here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't be as specific as you, was but I do Marshall remember. Was she Marsha Lucas's assistant in the editing room? <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. She did go to Tunisia. Oh. I do remember oh, okay, that. Okay. That okay. she was actually in the desert. And I remember as a kid that there was a uh, stormtrooper helmet in her room that she had. And I, cool. I was, I thought that was very cool. Even though I didn't know what it was at the time. I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really amazing. But she read romance novels. And she would just like get rid of them. And I remember bringing some home and reading them and being like, I know I'm not supposed to be reading this, but not because of the sexuality, because it was not good art. Right. Yeah. Like that was the transgressive part is like, this isn't Dickens. This isn't valid writing. This is bad. But I remember that being like a stable boy situation. And then in retrospect, it's like, well, that's the perfect book to have read. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to only read like a few of them, that's such a classic. Yeah, and I mean it is it is like a common misconception that this is bad writing and yes, and, I think, you know, and, and I yeah. think that's just from from the centuries of you know like what we think is literature versus what we think is not literature. It's mm-hmm. you know plagued yeah. with sexism, plagued with whatever, and totally. so it's like yeah. it's so it's. Like when someone's like, oh, this isn't like nowadays when someone's like, oh, this isn't good writing and but I've never read one, you know, or Mm -hmm. it's like when they say it's not a real book. I it's almost to the point. Well, it is to the point where I kind of just like laugh at them. Like it's just such a it's such a it's (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like saying like men are like this and women like like, it's like a 19 like 70s stand up comedy. Right. With a cigarette. Like still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what what happens in those in those genres, which is I think is exactly the same as like the idea that melodrama is for women Mm -hmm. and that is Mm -hmm. somehow inherently less intelligent than a thriller or something or Mm -hmm. or a movie that's a a, you know romantic comedy that's referred in a derogatory way as a chick flick Mm -hmm. but uh those movies are hard to make Mm -hmm. yeah i think in order to actually be interesting and and occupy somebody's time that takes real real effort but i do i 
completely bought into that as a kid that it was like, oh, I shouldn't because this was making me dumb or something. And well, there's a sexism bias and also the popularity bias. It's like, I think only now are we grappling with the idea that like Stephen King is a great writer, whereas when his books were being released, it's like, well, they're horror books and they're it's taken like all you, you're you, we've watched in over the last like 30 years like this this sense of like well this very popular writer is also writing great popular literature that has to be reckoned with as real literature but there's definitely academic circles that for a long time would have been like Stephen King's not really that's what you read on vacation. We we are reading the real stuff, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah the yeah. idea that somehow if you if it's if it's accessible, then it's bad because really, you know, I mean, it's just, it's all very elitist and sexist and all of the things. But mm-hmm. I I think going into this movie, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be fun, and even for me, <laughs> I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just stop it. Oh, same. I was like, this isn't like this. I was like, there's so many things about it that like, I, I don't even write romance. I don't like, so I don't know the perspective of a romance writer, but even just watching it, I'm like, this is not real. And I don't care. <laughs> like, I just don't care. <laughs> it doesn't take away. Well, to get into yeah. the movie, uh, this movie is The Lost City. It's uh, was this year. It's uh, directed by, I think, written and directed by a pair of directors, Aaron and Adam Nee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Sandra Bullock as a, uh, it says, this is from the Wiki- Wikipedia, a grumpy middle-aged author who writes romance <laughs> adventure novels. I don't know if that's what I would call her. I don't think she's um, grumpy. <laughs> she's an author. Uh, Sandra Bullock plays Loretta. She's an author, and she has written a bunch of very popular novels. Uh, I'm giving the synopsis. This is just a quick one. Uh, yes. Of, He's doing uh, it. Uh, yes. We're, go- we're doing it, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the books that she writes uh, involve this hero named Dash McMahon who is played by a popular like Fabio style cover model named Alan. And that's Channing Tatum. His real name is Alan. Channing Tatum is the guy. And uh, her publisher is basically uh, sends her out uh, on a book tour, which turns into sort of a disaster. And the long where I'm cutting through a lot of stuff here, but basically she ends up getting kidnapped by this eccentric billionaire uh, named Abigail Fairfax that's played by Daniel Radcliffe, and he's obsessed with decoding some ancient symbols that he's found on a piece of, of parchment or something, like a map. And uh, Loretta, uh, Sandra Bullock, before she started ro- writing romance novels, her and her husband, who's now dead, or she's a widow, they like researched uh, ancient languages and lost dialects and things like this. And so they have the, uh, he's like, you know how to solve, you're one of the few people that might know how to speak this language of this lost island or whatever. And so that leads to an adventure where they have to go and Channing Tatum basically is like, I'm going to go save her. That's, you know, real, a poor yeah. description. And Brad Pitt's like, in it. And Brad Pitt shows up in <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he's in it as, as uh, Brad Pitt, really. Yeah. Yeah. He's eating food when they call him very i was like oh yeah. you're doing it you're doing the thing it's like you're he does the fight it. club he does that's he the does same the way, fight club the he's eating peanut yeah. brittle yeah. Yeah. yeah i love that mm-hmm. i mean what i want to ask is like uh okay you have the sense of how these books unfold and what they're like the rhythm of them do you think this movie has anything to do with those kinds of books or does it 
Yeah, I, I think it does. Like, I feel like it, you know, I went with my mom and dad and like, I, you know, like, and when we were done, my mom was like, oh, all the things were there. Not that she reads as much, but she listens to the podcast. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think this was a really, like, it was a take. It had all the steps. And I think like, particularly with like Brad Pitt's character, like in these books, you know, Brad Pitt's character is the main guy, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the guy you're lusting after. And then, you know, how what's the spoiler situation like do we uh, oh yes go for it yeah this no, is okay. a, for, I for, always forget to say that this is a spoiler okay. heavy conversation if you haven't seen the movie and you really care about the movie or you want to mm-hmm. know all the you don't want any spoilers and maybe wait a minute to listen yeah. yeah okay um so he's like brutally shot dead you know in the first act which was funny you know because yeah. like he would have been the one to like take her through and whatever you know and then you have other moments where you know the idea of like there's only one place to sleep but it's the two of us and then like uh-huh. oh you know like there's like all of those like oh my god i have feelings for you but we're in an active volcano you know like <laughs> be thinking about that right now <laughs> we're, we're lying on skeletons oh yeah. but i want to kiss you <laughs> yeah and it's that's just the fun of it like it had all the things that people have fun with reading it or you know watching it like in romancing the stone or something like that mm-hmm. yeah it was very reminiscent of romancing the stone which i don't actually remember but i remember there was a green jewel in that mm-hmm. and that was all i took away from it even though i think there was some sex in that movie oh yeah but when i saw it i was like oh <gasps> But it's shiny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the jewel. <laughs> I love it that you remember like the one thing people don't remember about yeah. it. It's just like. <laughs> like <laughs> well, you remember the but stone. You remember the, the thing in the yeah, time. I remember, I remember the stone. The stone. Yeah. I don't remember the romancing. I remember not, the stone. Not the boat just for some reason traveling down New York City. <laughs> nope. No memory of that whatsoever. Okay. All right. I just remember it because I, I think as a kid, I was very preoccupied with shiny things. And mm-hmm. now my child is also very, very into shiny things and has mm-hmm. a small green jewel that she likes to put in the bathtub. Aww. And I think that triggered that memory of like, like this, this is this, this is the same thing. Something that I really loved in this movie, uh, which felt distinctly for real feminist about it, is the black friend was a real character. Oh, this is her publisher? Yeah, her publicist. Oh, publicist, yeah. yes. Played yeah, by it, uh, Divine Joy Randolph is a, a very, so very funny great. performance. Yeah. Like, I, weirdly, <laughs> when she starts talking, she's she has to go and rescue her, her writer. And she's explaining to somebody that, you know, she's leveraged everything into this book. She's, she's like... This is a, a sort of precarious situation for her financially, but she really believes in it and blah, blah, blah. And I, maybe this is silly, but I actually got chills in that moment because I was like, good Lord, how many of these characters have I seen where the only reason they're there is to show up at the end and help mm-hmm. or to be like, what's your, what's your romance problem, white lady? And then mm-hmm. she got her own moment. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved her arc. I thought it was just because, like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, you assume that she's just going to be in it for, like, the, mm-hmm. the first, you know, five mm-hmm. minutes and be like, you know what your problem is, protagonist? And then, like, the protagonist mm-hmm. learns third lesson. But, like, the fact that she has her own arc was – I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I she thought, was yeah. And, so, and just – I mean, I missed – what's the other girl? Patty? Patty Harrison. 
Mm-hmm. Pat- yeah, Patty Harrison. Funny, yeah. She I was, was like, yeah. I wish Patty Harrison had been along because the two of them together. But hey, you know, I will not quibble. I was happy that that there was a that there was a female character. I mean, honestly, the part of what I found entertaining about this movie is that Channing Tatum's character is really a guy who does like a more powerful woman than him. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. sort of his his ingrained sexism that he's like i have to be the one to save her and protect her Mm -hmm. um but really that's not actually what he wants i don't think no and then in the end he he just has a line where he's like oh wait a minute i'm the damsel in distress and so (laughs) it's like yeah Yeah. like kind of you are you know it's not bad it's not bad and he was like he was so accepting of it and it's like Mm -hmm. i think that's like hot you know as a you know like we as a lady, as a straight lady, you know, to just see someone, again, like romance novels, just be worshipped for who she is, you know. Yes, for exactly who she is. And I think mm-hmm. that the, the something I found a little bit strange about the movie is that they talk about how she's, she's middle-aged <laughs> and then- Well, she's middle-aged her- and grumpy. Yeah, she's and grumpy. don't forget grumpy. Because I yeah. think it's hard to be it's hard grumpy. to be one without the yeah. other, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. Mm-hmm. Once you get if you're not happy, you're grumpy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. She didn't smile enough, and you know what? She would have been so much prettier <laughs> if she'd smiled more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was like, they did a filter on her face in a lot of scenes, I I thought anyway, mm-hmm. where the, the reverse shot on him, he was like, he was kind of shiny and sweaty, and she just looks like kind of... It it reminded me of of movies with Joan Crawford where there's there's like Vaseline all over the lens, mm-hmm. and it's funny because they're saying that she's middle aged, and then it's like but 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 as long as she doesn't look middle aged, like same thing with Marry Me, where it was like we're gonna talk about how she's maybe over thirty five, but then she isn't because what does that how what like how does a romance work if they're not going to have babies or if she's older than him or i don't even know what the freak out is but did you notice that yeah i did notice it and and i you know it was one of the things again why i thought the i loved what i loved about it is like also you know in other books the if you know Channing Tatum's character was her age, <laughs> it was grumpy and middle aged, and she was however old, you know, it wouldn't have been a problem. Like, right. we, like it right. wouldn't have, you know, affected us at all. But the fact that, like, you know, it it was reversed. It was like I did think it made it it made it noticeable, but also like fun at the same time. You know, like what middle aged woman doesn't want Channing Tatum to, you know, be like do you realize how amazing you are? And you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on paper, I was like, this premise rules. This is a mm-hmm. very, this, this is really fun. And it was just, yeah, I think it was maybe the casting. And I say this because I like Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think she's good in this movie. But there is like, I was, I did find myself fantasizing about like, who else? Who mm-hmm. else would be fun to see? And I had two names, actually three mm-hmm. names. In mm-hmm. the theater, I mm-hmm. was like, this is a good Catherine Keener part. I was like, imagine yes. Catherine Keener. And then mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Tony Collette. I was like, Tony Collette could be good mm-hmm. in the part. And then I got home and I was like, I know who it is. I know who I want in the oh, part. Oh, okay. I want Edie Falco. 
Oh. Imagine, uh, imagine Egg eating the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, you, that you would two be... watched The Sopranos, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did a rewatch recently, so mm-hmm. it's in the back of my mind. That see, that would be great too. Like, oh my god, like what a fun movie that would be that would never get me. <laughs> yes, yes. Because if I said to you, this is like an egghead kind of novelist or something or whatever. This is a woman who lives more of an interior kind of writing life you'd go like okay i believe that from edie falco mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know and mm-hmm. but then also she could do all the comedy and i'm not saying this to say that center bullock's not good in the part i'm just saying like mm-hmm. i do think is there's a premise and then it's like well you can only get the movie made with sandra bullock and then sandra bullock's face is going to be on a screen on a giant screen and so she's going to need to look a certain way and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh i don't know there's a, there's a whole glamour photography element to the movie or whatever and you do wonder like how does that premise play out with a with just an actress who's just a little bit more in her, you know, whatever, a little bit more herself, you know. Yeah, like like natural, yeah. you know, yeah. look. Yeah, you know who like what if she wasn't wearing a diamond jumpsuit? You know, like what if it did? <laughs> what if that diamond jumpsuit wasn't no. the most flattering? But I did, you know, I like, did like, the, yeah. I did like the suit. I did like. I did the too. Oh I, yeah. yeah, the I suit thought, was very fun. Yeah, I yeah. thought the suit yeah. was super fun. I was mm-hmm. like, this, this, I, this, I appreciate because it is putting putting the movie. It's focusing the movie in a certain way that's like oh i get it this is this is this kind of movie i mean it's yeah. almost like romancing the stone but she's the jewel mm, <laughs> she's the stone beautiful. she's the shiny thing she's, she's the, the shiny, shiny thing. thing i was like yeah i was watching her run around in that thing and i was like this is uh i would wear this this is very cool i would love yeah. to uh, put that outfit on which is also something i love in movies that are geared towards women is the outfits are important mm-hmm. and the outfits are fun okay like and then she ends up yeah. wearing this outfit that's like the cover of a romance novel mm-hmm. and yeah. even i know that oh sure yeah <laughs> that's definitely the cover of like yeah it's definitely like what she wore is reminded me of like the cover of like a female or i'm sorry a pirate romance novel mm-hmm. like that's what the woman's wearing and she's like you know like being held by fabio and like <laughs> the shoulders are drooping you know like. one of her boobs is just a little higher than the other one because mm-hmm. he's holding her tightly exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe their dimensions are off because it's a little painted but it's fine <laughs> no one cares <laughs> yes which is what i thought the 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 zoom filter that she had on was set to 200 so mm. it was a mm-hmm. little painted on but i was like baby steps right like we can yeah. accept that she's older than him at this point in history we can't accept that she looks older than him mm-hmm. right we'll yeah. get there because... we'll get there this was a good first step yeah. yeah yeah it was a good first step and i think that just the fact that she can be in romances at all still is a mm-hmm. good step it's like the baby boomers are old and maybe they're accepting this this actually pretty young woman can mm-hmm. still have romance right yeah can you believe it can you believe it no i can't it's disgusting i'm not always a great judge of this so i'm curious to see what you think do you think they have chemistry i thought their chemistry could have been way better mm. um but mm. the, it's it's a precarious thing because like it would be like i feel like in a movie you know like if we saw like Channing Tatum kind of like ogling her more it might have made people uncomfortable you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like if it were the moments where she's like climbing and he's like checking out her ass or something like you know I I feel like there was an ick factor when you're watching it but then like when you're reading something like that you it's just part of a greater whole you know of like you're Mm -hmm. in his mind more you're you know it's like yeah he's attracted to her so I thought 
I thought it was a smart move, but I think it took away from like the sexual chemistry that he felt towards her, you know, like w- mm-hmm. she was looking at his ass. She thinks he's beautiful. Like we we get it, you know, easy peasy. But like, I wish there could have been more like him appreciating her just a little bit more, you know, just physically and not just like, you know, not, not in a perverted way. Right. But I feel like right. if it were in a movie, it would feel perverted. Like, we're, you know, like it would feel a little like uncomfortable, you know? I just felt like his... They're like they're supposed to be that switch where it's like, I don't like you. You suck. And then Mm -hmm. there's like, oh, wait, I can't stop myself from these feelings. And the scene where she's she's taking leeches off his butt. Mm -hmm. It was very it was very hammy. It was yeah. like, goo, my goo, goo, goo. Like, oh, yeah. well, that's well, it was a really... scene of a, it was a scene of a thousand alts. It was definitely mm-hmm. like, like the set writer was there doing like, it's like a Jamba uh-huh. Juice. Oh, it's like a, oh my God. It's like a, oh, it's like I'm, ta- I'm taking anchovies off of a salad. Um, it's like alt, alt, alt. Uh, uh, what other yeah. alt, uh, what other uh, analogy can I make in the moment? You know, it's very, mm-hmm. uh, it's very, uh, it's a style of comedy writing that I'm not crazy about, but. What? <laughs> that breaking news (laughs) I I just wanted the I wanted her to be I wanted her to be a little bit more viscerally into the fact that she was looking at that she was physically near him there wasn't there was nothing visceral about this it was like she was biting into nothing and Mm -hmm. that was a little bit frustrating that it, it felt and it felt a little bit like they're they're preschool parents who are trying not to be weird with each other because they're mm. different genders and they're both single mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. actually what they are i looked it up they their kids went to preschool together oh no way that's <laughs> yeah. so funny oh channing and a uh, sandy b yes oh, so wow. so i think like as a person who's who's doing that sort of interacting with people sometimes it's like not a romance like the the interactions of of parents uh are, are very it it really reminded me of that it really mm-hmm. reminded me of this kind of like hi genderless human <laughs> who has children mm-hmm. <laughs> i get that yeah i mean here's the thing like i feel like the movie could have worked if they just remained friends in the end you know mm-hmm. like because it, 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 it was more about well i think it was more like i feel like the story was more about her like accepting herself and and right. you know like yeah. accepting her her life and like you know you know, it was like about it was about self love, I think, which I think is well, found in, grief, in romance, yeah. Yeah. R- romance novels as well. Um, and just like you know, her thing was that she wasn't happy being a romance novelist. She thought that mm-hmm. she was, you know, not smart, or you know, she gave up on life. But then her realizing that, like, oh, this is giving people joy, and I am smart, and I am like utilizing my you know background in archaeology to like mm-hmm. tell these fun stories, like. Yeah. This is great, and people are appreciating it, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I like that was the story I think I related to more than like any sort of like, you know, romance because I feel like the story was like a take on these stories as opposed to like it didn't have to be a real romance, but it could have been a like this is what would happen if it was a romance, but it just happens to be it ends up in friendship, you know. She, yeah, mm-hmm. he's sexy, yeah, he finds her sexy, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. Maybe they do they belong together. It doesn't matter, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yes. His most like effective moment, I think, is when he says, "Like she says, like I write schlock or something," and he's like, "Don't, don't, 
don't say what you write a schlock, you know, like you can say <laughs> other stuff, but don't, don't say what you write a schlock. You know, people enjoy those books. Don't say people, don't say it's schlock. And yeah. I'm like, you know, uh, yeah. that's a, yeah. that's the, that might be the most affirmative and romantic thing to say is like, Hey, mm-hmm. your, your life is means something, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Again, like, like that's that. yeah. a hot moment where he's just like validating her, you know, for, for what she does. And like, I feel like I'm, I'm worried that I'm coming across as like the idea of like men putting women on a pedestal and that's like fem- that's like hot but like it's it's seeing her as like you know a, it's giving her validity or helping her realize her own validity as opposed to I'm a hot guy and I think you're great and then she's like I have self-esteem now like it's not like right that. yeah <laughs> um, right. they go on a yeah. journey she's discovering mm-hmm. things she's like oh wait now that we've escaped Abigail Daniel Radcliffe we're gonna go and I think I might know where mm-hmm. this tomb is which is a strange element of it too is that they go to this this town and everyone speaks Spanish but also apparently understands English perfectly mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah the tomb is right over there we know about that like yeah. all ultimately all she needed for her archaeology skills was to ask someone where the tomb was right yeah. <laughs> that is true that is true I thought that was funny and uh, they kind of try I think a little tiny bit to talk about colonialism Mm-hmm. With Daniel Radcliffe, but then are kind of like, mm, it's, uh, I don't know. That's above our pay grade, guys. <laughs> it is, yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's funny, like, in one of my favorite authors is Rachel Grant, and um, she writes books exactly like this. The female main character is always in, like an archaeologist or, you know, like a, you, you, like a scuba, like a s- underwater archaeologist. They like, do like really cool things where they like find, you know, like lost gems and then the, there's like a man that. yeah who's uh they're really into shiny objects um that's their main thing uh-huh. and and so but like what she mentions is that i don't again like i don't the story comes first before like the accuracy of being an archaeologist but like a lot of her characters are like you can't touch anything you have to leave everything there because this is sacred to you know other people like we need Mm -hmm. to respect that so like when she's like holding the map and they're lying on top of the skeletons I was like Rachel would hate that like that's not right (laughs) (laughs) you shouldn't be messing with this stuff (laughs) yeah well I mean to be fair to her she didn't want to lie on the skeleton fair fair but even her like you know she kind of liked it yeah, like taking the map and rolling it up, I was just like, "Oh God, they're they're bending something that was important to people." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know when she didn't have it in the little plastic sleeve, mm-hmm. she just had it out and then tucked it in her boob. I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna get all messed up." And then yeah, and then it's but it's like this was a really significant. I mean, there was some of that of like, "Oh, I, the 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 significance of all of this stuff is is it it." The movie, I think, is in the era that we're in now, and it did slightly acknowledge, oh, these people were people. Yes. And they're not Mm -hmm. just a goal for us. They're Mm -hmm. also people. So I I, I just wanted there to be more sexiness. Mm -hmm. I really really wanted that because I went to this movie by myself at the Highland Park Theater at a matinee. Mm -hmm. And... uh, which felt very much like reading a romance novel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like a lady by herself. <laughs> That's how it starts. Yeah. Got a good parking spot. Um, yeah. We're, yeah. You're, yeah. You, uh, we're, we're in the Highland Park. We're on that street. Uh, what is it? Colorado? What's the street there? 
Uh, Figueroa. Oh, Figueroa. Figueroa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just called the Highland Park Theater. Highland Theater. Highland Theater. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Great spot. Great spot. Good I parking. did Burbank 16. Burbank 16. Mm. I did the I did the uh, lot directly next to the Burbank 16. I did uh-huh. a little, an underground level, and I got lost on the way out. <gasps> the way out, I, I didn't note what what uh what where I uh where I was. Where did you Where did you end up parking, Becky? When you saw the phone? Okay. Well, I want to say that we had a bit of a lost city <laughs> situation ourselves. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh we're you know, right now we're 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 staying with my my brother and sister in law helping out with the baby and you know the so we had, you know, some time to, you know, get out of the house and so the closest theater was the Groman's Chinese theater. So we go to Hollywood and Highland. Oh my first god. Of all. Mm. Wow. Um wow. so we we park there and we we get up to you know, we find the parking's okay. You know, mm-hmm. we still have to mm-hmm. walk a little bit. We go up the, the elevator and we get to the floor where um, the the theater is on, but it was only the exit. And for the life of us, we could not find the entrance. Mm. And so we're just like walking around back and forth, like confused out of our mind. I'm un- irritated. My dad's irritated. My mom, we're all irritated at this point, mm-hmm. you know, like we, we're like so mad. And then finally we get to the, you know, the theater. And again, this is, this is the first movie of the day. There's no one there. And um, we like walk in and then there's like a, you know, guard there being like, can I help you with something? And we were like, oh. we're, we're here to see a movie. And I think he felt bad because he was like oh i was like i could tell that he was like oh i was so rude to these people who just want to who are tourists maybe and want to see a movie and so (laughs) then like he takes my tickets and is like okay like this is where you're gonna sit have a great time okay you're gonna go there really have a have a enjoy it enjoy it (laughs) you're here at the movies have a hey enjoy the movie guys yeah enjoy it enjoy it and so like we finally get there we're just like honestly like we're sweaty we're annoyed (laughs) like just what a what a time and then um, when we were leaving, the, um, the uh, you know, where you pay the ticket thing, that, that broke. And so we were having trouble with that. Oh, my and God. And so it was a bit of a Lost City uh, sequel uh, uh, com- coming out. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, it was great. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the movie was worth it. We had fun. <laughs> wow, that was a real, you went on a little adventure. That's crazy. It was, it was a, a little adventure. Highland, yeah. Highland and uh, what's it, uh, whatever, uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. yeah. That's no joke. I don't, I live kind of close to there and I never go to see movies there because it's like. Yeah. Um, it's intimidating. Uh, the, and I'm also the, an AMC Stubbs A-list member, so I. Oh, that's, I, yeah. yeah. I, I totally I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to yeah. be, I don't want to brag. I don't, I don't want to brag. Okay. No, but it's it's smart. I, I should have been. I used to in college. I my dorm was right next to an AMC, and I should have been a member because I would go there all the time. Like I was going to movies after class literally all the time, and mm-hmm. now I regret it. Yeah, I remember doing a, a slightly different journey, but I would go to the movies with my brother, and we would theater hop in mm-hmm. San Diego. I think it was mm-hmm. AMC Twenty um, yes. in Mission Valley. And oh my God, we would spend like oh, an entire day there and n- nobody ever cared. They were just like, well, you bought popcorn. And then years <laughs> later, I found out like that's how movie that's how movie theaters actually make money is selling right. food. They don't make mm-hmm. money off of the tickets. No. And no. Um, that's why they never bothered us. But I felt like such a criminal. It's oh. badass. <laughs> it's a it's thrill really though. Badass. It's kind of yeah. a thrill when you're watching a movie. You remember the movies that you that you went into illegally. You're like, uh-huh. mm, I remember. Mm-hmm. I was in yeah. this one. I've never done that before, but do you remember You've what You've never done that before? <gasps> I was a 
listen, I'm too scared. I was too scared. Um, it, I was a scaredy cat child, never took risks. Wow. Um, so that's why I'm very impressed with the two of you right now. Yeah, um, living on the edge. Um, yeah. I've done it hundreds of times, too many times. <laughs> wow. Um, you might have gotten something as bad as a, excuse me, ma'am? Yeah, you mm. might have gotten a, like, I don't that's think I ever was even challenged. I was never challenged once. Uh, oh, wow. about it. yeah they're just yeah. thrilled that mm-hmm. you're there most of the time the theater mm-hmm. um yeah. my mom used to sneak a lot of food into the theater too which mm-hmm. that was stressful that stressed me out because it would be like here's the here's like the sandwich and like you know passing it down <laughs> was it big rope. sticky food or or was it it was usually just like little, little sandwiches and stuff like little turkey sandwiches or whatever but you're unrolling you're unrolling that and bags of chips and trying to open see that sounds noisy stuff like that yeah it's, it was it was it was a very stress i i didn't like it there was a t- there yeah. would be times where i would just be like this is too much food for this movie like <laughs> we're trying to watch forrest uh-huh. gump like let's just we don't need to bring lunch and, yeah, we can have yeah. lunch after, actually. <laughs> right. That's yeah. available for us to have lunch mm-hmm. after. It's kind of like bringing a lot of food on a plane. I yeah. think a movie theater and a plane are similar. It's just like, oh, just eat the peanuts. Yeah. You don't need to bring sandwiches. <laughs> I know. When I see someone eating a lot, I'm like, you want to do that right now? Like, as the flight's taking off, like, uh-huh. eat, your, eat your ribs? An egg salad sandwich? <laughs> it's 9 a.m. Yeah. What is happening? That bothers me, too, when someone eats a sandwich before 12 p.m. I'm just like, and sometimes, like, for some reason, I, like, I've had to do that just, like, traveling you know like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's because of the schedule where it's time for lunch for us but it's 9 a.m it bothers me so much like <laughs> mm-hmm. but i know it happens um you can't ha- but sorry you can't have sandwiches before noon that's just the rule that's no, just the rule it's kind of like uh you know you're not supposed to drink alone or in the morning so i think the same rules apply to sandwiches <laughs> yeah and yeah. i mean breakfast sandwiches and mimosas that is an exception but like you know, kind of like a lunch sandwich, and like yeah. having deli meat at nine a.m. is such a turn off for me. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so that would not be in your romance novel. He That's ate true. a deli yeah. sandwich at nine a.m. and yeah. I kissed him. There's a massive mm-hmm. charcuterie of deli cheese and meat in this uh, movie. When uh, oh my oh, god, yeah. so yeah, much. she loves yeah. cheese. Yeah. When Daniel Radcliffe takes her, Daniel Radcliffe. I like Daniel Radcliffe. In mm-hmm. He was fun. He was. They were all having fun, and he particularly yeah. surprised me. You know, because I haven't, I, you know, I know him from Harry Potter, but like, look at him having fun. He was great. You know, I don't know Harry Potter so well. So for me, it's almost like, an, I mean, I've seen like three of those movies or something, but that was, it was a hundred years ago and I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't really care. And now I'm right. watching like him as an actor and I'm like, this is a good actor. Like, I think yeah. he's, he's mm-hmm. very committed and I'm like this, I look for, it's almost like a new actor for me. I'm like, who's yeah. this new yeah. actor? Well, with that Rackham? beard? Yeah. I love yeah. when when the the publicist says we we picked up this we thought he was a little boy but he's got a full beard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was funny because at that point in the movie I was watching him and thinking, damn, Daniel Radcliffe has a beautiful beard. It was nice. It's a beautiful beard. Like it came in. There are no weird patches. It, it was like this is a great beard, and it's it works kind for of him. yeah. It's sort of surprising for somebody who does kind of look like a child still mm-hmm. who can grow such a gorgeous beard oh he can yeah. do it he can yeah. do it. oh yeah you know who else i like this is an interesting fact did you know that channing tatum and i are born on the exact same day not <gasps> not date not not like mm-hmm. we have the same birthday we were we were born on the exact same day april 26 1980 wow and look wow. how it's worked out for us where Pretty was good. he born 
I don't know. I should look that up. But he he went out the front door. I went out the back in terms of the. <laughs> the but I haven't yeah. seen him in a movie in a long time. I haven't seen him in a movie in like five years. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like Channing. Like he's. Oh, yeah. He's he. I think he does the comedy very well in the movie. That's not oh, a yeah. way of putting. Yeah. He's, yeah, um, I, I do. I went on a little little exploration of Channing Tatum. Found out the the preschool thing, and and that he struggles with uh, dyslexia, and so he had a lot of trouble as a young actor trying to go in for like sight reading auditions, mm-hmm. and he had to memorize everything. Um, and it's it's kind of like I think a little bit of that insecurity about some things maybe played really. It was like, I think it's a place that he can go easily mm-hmm. to be like, I'm not sure if I'm smart enough is, is a nice, it's a nice quality for him to have in this movie mm-hmm. and in and, all oh, of yeah. his movies, really. Yeah. He's definitely is like a guy who comes from a background. I think like there's a moment in this movie where he's like telling the story of like, here's why I became a model, you know, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. a way to, and it's like, I think that's true of him. He's not an army hammer or a, or one of these guys who you're like, you've always been attractive and rich and, and, mm-hmm. and this is just more for you. Like you sort of believe with Channing, like in magic Mike or any of these things, you're like, this is a guy who like, whether or not he's dumb or not, he, he, he does play dumb sometimes he does play Mm -hmm. like oh maybe i'm not the smartest guy or whatever but um i feel like if i went up to him and criticized him i could make him cry and (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I get that yeah Yeah. i uh, I think you probably could but but i don't try it he's he's normal in a way like he's like he's not like there's like maybe two percent of him that's insecure which is a big two percent you know what i mean and like yeah yeah yeah, and he's they, able to I, channel it in his performances. I'm sure he's grown and yeah. and since his you know early life he's grown in mm-hmm. uh, self esteem. But he's he's able to tap into that part of himself that's like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was so good in Foxcatcher. Is that it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Steve Carell. He was yeah. so good, yeah, and part, like yeah. you know, and like you could tell that like this wanting to be accepted kind yeah. of thing maybe is true for you know I think all performers, but like you could really feel it in his performance. Totally with, with that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I think he doesn't. I don't think he comes out of even training as an actor, so he's not like I'm a college guy and I've got other options. It's like mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm kind of a dancer yeah and Mm -hmm. i don't have any other options Mm -hmm. and i think that is interesting too in this particular story that his ability to play that kind of maybe like more generally female vulnerability that's like i don't have other options actually i can't Mm -hmm. work at a bank Mm -hmm. i don't for whatever reason i can't this is my all i got is my looks and it's like well that's usually a girl that's usually Mm. a female character sure yeah 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 but yeah. he plays that over and over again as somebody who's like Foxcatcher could have been about a gymnast who was like, uh, well, all I've got is my ability to do flips and I got to do what you say kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting. It's interesting mm-hmm. that he's such a heartthrob with that quality. Yeah, there's like he's like a I, I hate to say this word, but like there's a blue collarness to him, yes, you know, yes. and like which is rare. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rare mm-hmm. now. It's like everyone I found out that the the lady in the. Uh, the Gilded Age, uh, the main actress, was her last Meryl name Streep's? is Anderson. Yeah, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's Meryl Streep's daughter." I don't. Oh, okay. it's not mm-hmm. Grace Gumbo or Gum Gum uh, Gumby. No, not Gummer. She's. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I think she's in 
Halo right now, but I, I don't know. Yeah, she has. Um, I think she has four daughters, but this one escaped oh. my knowledge, and it's it is it's like oh man, it's not that children of celebrities can't act, but it's nice every once in a while when a normal gets through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really, yeah. It makes us believe that dreams come true because dreams come true. That all yeah. our dreams come true. So yeah, I want maybe, that in a movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How how did you guys feel thematically about the widow thing? John, stock yeah. stock issued uh, uh, dead husband named John, <laughs> hot she, hot dead husband. Which yes. she she finds out in the end again. Spoiler alert: she finds out in the end like that. You know the real treasure was the husband, not the not jewels, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. shiny things. Actually, did mm-hmm. thematically that work for you? Did you go like ah, uh, or was it an eye rolly kind of moment? Um, for me, like, again, there's a trope in romance that's called second chance romance. And it's Mm -hmm. usually about some a a widow or a widower. And like, they they are, their lives are transitioning, they may be falling for someone new. And there's that guilt that 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 comes with that. And there's usually a moment where, you know, at that same moment in the movie where it's like, okay, they have this acceptance, they had this great love before, but they know that their partner wouldn't want them to be like, wallowing and um it's time for them to move on i liked it because i feel like it it, i've read i've read worse you know like where it's just like (laughs) oh god you know um but this i thought was good especially with her leaving the ring there like again i know it's Mm -hmm. schmaltzy like yeah you know but that's the movie you know like where she like takes off the ring and leaves it there i thought Mm -hmm. that was like in terms of a romance you know very it was touching i liked it yeah well, I 100% was like, it's like Rose leaving the heart of the ocean <laughs> yeah. at the yeah. Titanic. Yeah. It's yeah. that idea. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, that probably has greater value than your ring, which is not a very right. big wedding ring. But but like with Rose, it's like, well, I want to see what who Rose ends up marrying. Like, I wish that were the beginning of Titanic. And then like, let's mm-hmm. see Rose's life after. <laughs> you know? I like- wanted it to be like a princess bride. Mm. Where it's like, here's a great story about my huge romance with not your grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, an unrelated man, mm-hmm. and it, I, there was no room on that door. How mm-hmm. much the discussion of that door has become part of pop culture is I remarkable. Mean, I, I thought that when I was in seventh grade and saw it for the first time, and then moved on with my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. you guys, I kind of like you guys are just talking about this now, mm-hmm. you know, like. I moved on. That's my, yeah. I'm in my second chance romance. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on. Wait, wait, what door are you talking about? The, Ryan, you don't know about the door in Titanic and how it was totally big enough for Jack to be on it too? Oh, the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, the door. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know what they were Not, on. I thought they yeah. were on a bureau mm-hmm. or something. Okay, so they're on a door. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like he's been, a dinner. DiCaprio has been asked in interviews now, like, don't you think there's enough room on the door? Like, he's like yeah. obviously, I wasn't in charge of that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, I don't even know what he said, but it was something like, but big topic, big, oh, big topic. Oh, yeah, it's big, big topic of combo, yeah. But I like the idea of saying, of like a visual image of saying, I'm done with this part of my life. I'm going to start this other part of my life. I, I guess that the end of that movie was changed where it there were like rubies and diamonds and things. Mm-hmm. And then I guess at some point, uh, Sandra Bullock or the, the people involved with making the movie were like, hey, why don't we change it to there aren't any jewels and this other idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I kind of, I mean, you know what I'm going to say. I kind of wanted the jewels. <laughs> you like shiny things? You like, like shiny, shiny things? Shiny. Don't be ashamed of that, you know? I think that's great. Yeah. I'm more of a golem, you know, where I like my precious. Mm-hmm. I want... I want to be like, oh, dang, that's shiny. Well, you can have, you know, a, a movie has shown us you can have it all. You know, I think about the ending of Jerry Maguire a lot because mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire, it's like, you know, he leaves the agency and he gets he, he becomes more devoted to like his one client and he learns about love and learns about life and everything. But at the end, they also make a lot of money. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, don't worry, he's not going to be poor. Mm-hmm. The yeah. audience is like, I don't have any money. Make some money at the end so that I can be happy for mm-hmm. you guys. But, yeah, well, um, I think she had plenty of money. I think. Yeah, I think she was. Fine, but, no, no, she yeah. was fine. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah, but money thing, I do think, like, just insist in our reality, money does buy happiness. Like, we mm-hmm. really do need money for a good quality yes. of life. So, like, <laughs> my stress level having that, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll really be fine. We're never gonna like run into any like hospital bills and have to like <laughs> remortgage our house, which is so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're not gonna have to figure out caretakers for your parents when they get older. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, I have a ruby headdress, uh, I'm gonna sell it, and then I don't have to worry about, you know, what if the uh, real estate. Uh, tanks and uh, my house is uh, underwater and yeah mm-hmm. all, all yeah. those all those real world concerns which can be not that sexy weirdly enough no <laughs> it's not happily ever after <laughs> i think uh i always remember this i have a i have a cousin a great cousin who's a who worked in an air conditioner repair mm-hmm. and one time he was like he knew i like movies and stuff and he was like he was like he's like i thought of a great idea for a movie the other day and he, he started telling me the idea and he was like, it's about a guy who like works in like, you know, like, a, I don't know, he's like a repair guy or something, you know, air conditioner repair or something like uh-huh. that. And he like, he wins the lottery, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and he, then he went on, there was like a plot to it, but I was like, that's the movie you want to see. Yes, <laughs> but know? that is the movie that people want to see. <laughs> that is the movie that people want to see about a guy who's basically kind of almost making ends meet and then... He doesn't have to worry about anything anymore. And then there's, you know, there are complications, but ultimately he's still rich. Yeah. I think I think he's absolutely right that that is a movie that people want to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I the, had um... a repair guy fall asleep under my sink. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> He's got little that, movies going on in his brain. That's also Well, did you have I, a pillow there? I mean. <laughs> I did not have a pillow. He just chose to fall asleep mm-hmm. in underneath my sink as he was fixing mm-hmm. the garbage disposal. And I think that that, as an element in a movie, would be great. Like yeah. it's mm. it's a, it, maybe it's a murder plot, mm-hmm. maybe it's something, but somehow that comes into play because it's certainly a surprise when you see a man sleeping in your kitchen. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's for some reason scare is whoa. Like yeah. I wouldn't know what to think. Like it's like, yeah. are you feeling okay or are yeah. you moving in? Like, yeah. Like, what? Are you too comfortable? <laughs> or are you dying? Yeah, I can't yeah. really. I still don't know. I still don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's what that's where my mind goes when we talk about repair guys. Mm-hmm. I think he needed to retire from being a repair guy. Yeah, well, that's that's my might be a sign of overwork. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was very sleepy. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I have this thing of like in movies where whenever they want to show like a security guard or somebody being like lazy, they're always like, give them a sandwich to chomp on or whatever, like in the scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like, people eat at work because they don't get a break. <laughs> That's the reason. Right. <laughs> right. Sometimes they eat a sandwich they brought from home at 9 a.m. Yeah. Because they don't yeah. get a break. That's not because it's their, their like slobby people who are, that's their preference in life is to do yeah. that. I know security right. guards really get a very bad portrayal, usually. Doctors mm-hmm. are amazing. Security guards are, bleh, yuck. Right, yeah. yeah. And like, it's, they're, they're, it's, they're hard workers. They are keeping us safe, you know? Like, yeah. They are keeping a lot of, tr- you know, trouble from happening, you know? Yeah. 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 They're always being evaded. A lot of it is you have to stay up all night and just be like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just going to be awake all night or yeah. maybe sometimes not awake, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This movie, um, I did want to address one thing, uh, the action of the movie. And I'm going to say something a little critical. And this is, I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I always feel weird, like, if it's younger directors or there's people that are kind of tangentially you might know in the movie or whatever. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have, like, um, I think it's sometimes it's weird for guests, too, if it's, like, to be like, oh, I didn't like this or whatever. It's like, it's, I'm just engaging with the artwork here, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, mm-hmm. this, these are not global criticisms about Coming the movie. from a place of love. Uh, yeah, coming from yeah, a place yeah. of love, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie. I do think that the movie is like for me. I, for me, uh, I think that uh, <laughs> yes, it's okay. I'm, I'm for I'm for me. Uh, right. okay. I'm for me, Ryan. The uh, mm-hmm. there. This is an action comedy movie, and I would say the action was not on the level. And I and I'm. I think it's aspiring to be, or it's recalling a very high level of Spielbergian. The three films I thought of were like Indiana Jones movies, Romancing the Stone, of course, which is Zemeckis, and then like a truly a true lies level James Cameron action movie, which are, those are three of the greatest action directors and who have ever made action movies. Mm-hmm. And this movie's kind of doing a similar genre. And you're like, well, you guys aren't doing it at James Cameron level. You're not, uh, and that's a very tall order, but I did feel that. And I felt it even in scenes where like she's, crawling through a rock or whatever and it's it's a and it's a kind of a small opening and like if you read that on a page or you read that in a novel you mm-hmm. would be like ooh that's like kind of a scary scene like um, I, I know what that's like to be claustrophobic or buried in a tomb or whatever that's mm-hmm. that's kind of scary and this movie does not have those scenes are not thrilling I would say mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. they're not you don't go you don't stop and which to me is it may not even be a fault in the directing as it is maybe just a, just a, a this is a, a mandate now of how movies should be you shouldn't upset the audience too much with like <laughs> mm-hmm. making I don't them know feel... because I thought that the, there was some tension in the in the swimming through the cave underwater scene mm-hmm. there was just because of the inherent threat of drowning so I don't think they were trying to make it not intense I think it just yeah that. That crawling through the whole thing was, because uh, because there's an element in it where she, where she's like I can't do this, and then he's encouraging her. So it should have felt more like, well, why is she freaking out? You yeah, know? like don't you want to? And also just for the flow of the movie, it's like you can you're allowed to stop down with a scary seek. Like it can be kind of the movie can be kind of scary for a second. Mm-hmm. And this movie's like not interested in that at all. All all of the action is like, don't worry, it's just Well, we'll except we'll... there's killing in it, which but... I found sort of surprising was just like <laughs> I could basically show this to my small child, except that there's this random head exploding. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we needed that much 
mm-hmm. gore right away. Like he could have fallen in a hole or, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that yeah. felt a little bit off uh, tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's vi- It's like comic violence. That, and, and they're trying to do it, of course, in like a PG-13 movie, which, you know, mm-hmm. what do you they're all PG-13 now. Well, Ryan, I agree with you about the action. Like, I feel like there was enough room, even like with using the action to be more symbolic of her getting over her fears, like, you know, something, I I, I don't know if I'm giving, I'm giving a bad example right now, but let's say like, she really is afraid of heights. And let's say her husband died from like falling uh-huh. off a cliff, yeah. but she now has to jump off a cliff. And like that context would make it so much more like yeah. emotional, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's just ways to shoot. Like you, I've seen a million scenes with people on cliffs. Some of them, you don't feel like there's anything. And some of them mm-hmm. are like Tom Cruise in a, that Mission Impossible movie where he's on the thing and you're like, oh, whoa, okay. I'm yeah. now dizzy in the audience. So there's just ways they're not all directors and not all films are built to equally capture our phobias and fears and mm-hmm. and thrill us, thrills, spills, and chills. Mm-hmm. Not all yeah. films are audience cheerworthy fan favorites, maybe, is what I'm sure. trying to say. Yeah, like like the Flash entering the, what's it called? The, the freeze zone? The free, the freeze below zone. zero? <laughs> Exactly. Where does he go? <laughs> exactly. We all understand that. <laughs> uh, our number one film, our number one favorite. Did, did, I didn't realize this until later that there was a Johnny Depp movie. It's called like Mini Mata or something. And I guess apparently that was voted by the online voters to be like one of the favorite movies of the year. And it's because there's a very um, active pro Johnny Depp uh, fan base online oh. who's been they've rallied around him since his. Uh, troubles with amber heard and mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. they were like vote in mini mata uh wow. as the as a film so there was this strange cutaway to a mini mata it's called i've never heard of it mini mata it's about a war photographer and uh and it's, it's it's like the only movie johnny depp had out this year so the so the mm-hmm. so his fans were like we're gonna get we're gonna get johnny in the in the in the oscar like- fan favorites I got a gold tooth and a weird accent, and I w- wiggle a lot, but I, yeah. I'm a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, whenever Johnny Depp is in a movie and he uses any sort of technology, I don't buy it, because I don't believe Johnny Depp knows how to use a phone or a computer. <laughs> yeah, or, I don't like, it's just automatically a bad movie to me. <laughs> Yeah, like, so you have a person that does all of the human things that humans need to do, and mm-hmm. then you're just you. Yeah, exactly. I completely yeah. believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's like, what's the movie where he like downloads his consciousness? There's a movie called Transcendence. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. the movie that I thought was the worst movie because there is no way Johnny Depp knows how to use a computer. <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't get into it. He would be like, I deleted it. I deleted it. What yeah. ha- Did I press it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> You can't download an MP3, let alone uh, your consciousness. That yeah, would be a yeah. funny Johnny. twist in one of these of like uh, the, somebody downloads their consciousness and then their they're like old mom accidentally deletes them. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's a 10 minute movie. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Like, oh, honey, I think I deleted Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And they have to call like Nerd Squad, and they're yeah, like, my they're son, like, I lost him. I deleted him, and they're like, "It's okay, this happens all the time." Yeah. Just, Did you want to plug? Plug it back in. <laughs> is, is is your computer plugged in? 
Let's just reboot it. Okay, it's just in the trash. Okay, mm-hmm. let's put him in the cloud. Okay, yeah. it's gonna be much mm-hmm. safer in the cloud. You don't put your son. You don't put your son in the cloud. You I put, put my son, son in the, the cloud. cloud. Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, back it, back it up, back it up, back that son up. up. That's yeah. a funny idea for a movie. <laughs> like the idea of like your son's consciousness gets reset to like a different, you know, some previous level. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I haven't backed it up since like September twenty twenty one. Oh man! Oh, actually, it would be this would be a good romance where you reset them to before that the bad thing happened in your relationship, which mm-hmm. is kind of eternal sunshine. But like you live in a universe in which people can upload their consciousness, and then they're like, oh, "Damn it! You didn't back it up until before our wedding." Like mm. we barely even knew each other. Oh crap! So we have to do the romance all over again. Right. I went to complete catastrophic of like the last time you backed it up was like September 10th, 2001. Oh, no. <laughs> like, and then it's like the world changed so much and you have to like, oh God. <laughs> like, I don't know why I went there. <laughs> My husband has the intellect of a small child and doesn't mm-hmm. know about 9-11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, why did I do that? You got to remember to back things up. <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about. You uh, might want to Some things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be very troubling. I don't know why my brain went there, but that would be a problem. Yes. Yeah. Well, I said September and I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of these, all of these would be a terrible problem. And it will happen in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Elon okay. Musk has his way. Yeah, we'll all be in space, backing up our minds mm-hmm. in the space cloud. Yeah. But you know what? Pete Davidson is not going to space. Did you hear? Yeah. I Again, it was one of those things. I was playing with my niece, and then all of a sudden the news is on, and it's like Pete Davidson d- decided not to go to space. And I was like, he decided, like, what? <laughs> like, there was yeah. a time where he won- He was going? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hold on, niece. I got to catch up. <laughs> yeah, on, stop being a baby. Like, <laughs> You know what, Becky? I think you're blaming a lot on your niece when truly it is that you don't care about things that don't matter. Exactly. Yeah, I do. She is a bit of a scapegoat now, and it's like really nice. But yeah, no, you're right. I'm mm-hmm. using a child to blame my ignorance on. Uh-huh. Oh, it this rules. Classic it moves. Rules. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. couldn't because of my child, and I didn't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Excellent work. Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before before we get before we wrap up, is there anything else that like sticks out as like a, lo- a lost city observation before we get into our ratings? Oh, there was one line in it where I again went with my parents, and there was a line in it that's like, "I write books for women in their thirties who wish they were in their 20s. and my parents laughed a little hard at that. Uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I also thought that was a little young. It was like women in their fifties who wish they were in their twenties. That's what I right? thought. Yeah. I'm like, you like it would have been funny if like women in their eight, like it's like yeah, yeah. so seventies, um, yeah, yeah. And then also, I think that like Sandra Bullock's character, like it was just so funny that like in the beginning she was treated like a celebrity, like she has a glam squad, mm-hmm. she has you know whatever, and um, it's I don't think it's like that in real life like I feel like with romance like your you know book debuts are in small you know bookstores like you do Mm -hmm. your own makeup and you're not like and with cover models like usually again I'm 
you know, just from my perspective, I could be wrong, but like they are all stock photo models, you know, like they don't even know they're on the cover of whatever mm-hmm. romance novel. Like mm-hmm. there was a really popular one that had this, you know, model on it. And I, I found his Instagram account and friended him, of course. And then he noticed my Instagram and it was a book that I was promoting for the podcast. And he was like, yo, what is this? Like, and I'm like, you don't know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just like, is it the book oh. good? And I'm like, you didn't know you were on a book? Like, that's like really popular. So like, I feel like there was like those elements that like were so not real, but I didn't care, you know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the notion of a Fabio is so like, that doesn't exist really anymore. I mean, no. up to that Yeah, level. like one. Yeah. yeah. But do you, uh, now I have to ask, how many uh, cover models are you friends with? He, oh, okay. Like, here's the thing. I, I I friended him and then all of a sudden I got like other friends from guys who I either are or are not or want to be, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, I know there must be some people who like follow along with the cover models, but I'm just like, they're okay. Like, <laughs> you read on- for the literature? <laughs> yeah. Like, you you read on Kindle. So it's like you when you open the book on Kindle, you don't even go to the, you go to the first page. You don't even go to the cover you know mm-hmm. and like a lot of the models it's like their faces are cut off or something yeah. you know mm-hmm. like <laughs> or you don't see their full face so it's like who are they we don't care like it was you know it's just it's a not chest. like yeah like the yeah. way they made it like Channing Tatum and like Sandra Bullock seem like work buddies or like partners in life like that was pretty funny yeah they would never they would have never met they would have never no yeah. his face yeah. his he's being photographed yeah chin down some mm-hmm. most of the covers yeah. yeah yeah i I didn't care yeah. absolutely did not care yeah yeah this is not a movie where you need to where you need to care the oh. um <laughs> that convention is interesting because it, it's a i mean I'm, i assume there are like conventions and gatherings mm-hmm. of people who are very into yeah uh, so that part's probably with, with bo and yang very funny there or uh, mm-hmm. uh marcy Giraud makes a, a short appearance yeah there, i yeah. saw i was very excited her. yeah very excited to see her yeah the the comedy uh cast of this movie again just to emphasize is is uh phenomenal the, the mm-hmm. supporting uh, work yeah of, um, yeah of they, they casted and, well and everyone mm-hmm. um, yeah i mean i honestly could have i could have used more of them more of them even though i know it's supposed to be a romance uh, but they could have they, i think they could have been more a part of it you know yeah. like they could have like maybe what if they had like they kind of have with her publicist like the she starts a romance and then i'm like well the sequel is the romance about the two of them and right. then you know like the other right. one yeah. she'll have her yeah. they'll start they'll put a plant a seed and then <laughs> it'll just keep on going there'll be many lost cities well, we gotta get lost I, do cities like, going. I do like that that trope of like the two weirdo characters that we haven't really thought of as as romantic people but in the end the two of them have a romance exactly like there has to be yeah. the potential for a romance between the two weirdos mm-hmm. uh who've been involved somehow yeah absolutely they need their the happily ever. we all deserve a happily ever after you know yes yeah an h-e and yeah h-e-a what is your mpaa rating on the sand uh did you uh did anything um uh just the just the headshot I was like, okay, uh, you just exploded someone's head in this. Uh, I-, I think I was, I was a little bit bothered by that, just because it's like it was so cavalier about a character that we were starting to talk about, and I was like, I don't know, this doesn't really feel funny to me. <laughs> but uh, again, I think I might be a little oversensitive to violence at this point in my life. Uh, so I would give it a, I mean, I think it was actually rated PG-13. I think I would 
I would give it probably for Mama Panic Attack Assessment, I would say I would give it a PG because it, the rest of the movie is like a child could watch this. Mm-hmm. A child would probably really love the part with the with the um, I want to call them slugs. With oh, the, the leeches. leeches. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the leeches and just kinda... well, who wouldn't love the leeches? We love the oh. standby meme leeches. Leeches are one of the great cinematic animals. Yeah, I know insects. they are yeah. the most. They are a horrifying monster, you know. Even mm-hmm. though they're little, like I, I if because yeah. of movies, I, if I had a leech on me, I'd just uh, end it. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> my life's over. <laughs> you wouldn't try and get Sandra Bullock to pick them out of your butt. No, I'd be like, this is goodbye. Like, I think my this is they're gonna suck my life, and um, yeah, and it probably hurts real bad. And um, I just <laughs> I don't my know. life's over. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt bad because they're they're. It's always like, uh, don't turn, don't panic. But you have leeches on you, so they must right. be sucking your blood without it even feeling right. like anything. Yeah. And I, but the, uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess like maybe it was like the idea of pulling them off is supposed yeah. to hurt. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But the idea of like I just find bugs I the reason I don't like bugs is that they're very rude like if they were like if the, a leech came up to you and was like excuse me hi I'm a leech I'm gonna attach myself to your body now I'd be like thank you go right ahead but the fact that they think they can just jump on or just enter your house like I yeah. have that's the problem and mm-hmm. so that's my fear like that that's my fear versus like <laughs> dying from poisoning or something well it's like you want them to to have uh, vampire logic where they, yeah, you just ha- they have to be invited, yeah. mm-hmm. be invited in. Well, let me exactly. ask you this. Yeah. Of the three Indiana Jones horrifying scenarios that involve animals, a snake pit, a bug tomb, like a bug, mm-hmm. a tomb mm-hmm. with a bunch beetles? of bugs. Or, right. yeah, beetles and centipedes and that kind of stuff. Or the a rat, uh, mm. rats getting in your hair. Which would you mm. uh, do? For me, it's snakes. Like snakes are above the bug thing. Um, because I, well, and I remember, I have a very specific memory of you and I went on a hike and I was telling you about how I didn't like snakes. Cause I was like, I don't like things that don't have arms and legs. The slithering <laughs> freaks me out. Yeah. And then you were like, well, there are snakes with arms and legs. And then I just became horrified. Even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are, there are horrible things that are created in hell. <laughs> yeah. Snakes with arms and legs. yeah. Well, I'm glad that I helped you feel worse about snakes. yeah totally totally yeah. Yeah. yeah so snakes for me absolutely yeah they're the worst oh yeah snakes for me are the are the worst too i would i would i would skip snakes i would probably do if i had to do one i would probably do rats rats i, I think yeah, yeah yeah i agree i think i would do rats i think the the centipedes they sting and really really hurts beetles i'm not i'm fine they're totally fine they're just a little scratchy and then snakes i think they're i grew up in a place with a lot of snakes and i and and I think it it's like after a while you realize that most of them are not poisonous or their mouths aren't even big enough to bite you. The rat, I mean, rats are kind of rats can be okay. I don't know. I think I, think I wouldn't so. go with snakes though because they can't they they could depends on what kind of snakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh it's yeah. tough. I guess I would go with rats because you could just avoid them and put out food and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like rats would be uh, the least creepy, but then also the most most likely to make you sick. Like later on, you'd be like, or "I'm dying." You. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They could eat you, but like I, I'm okay because it's like looking at it's like you're fluffy. Who doesn't like fluffy things? Like I feel like I'd be yeah. in such a desperate situation. I would my brain. I would fool myself to thinking that they were cute, and I'd be like, "Rats, come here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come to me." Hey. 
<laughs> mammals. Hey, you're a mammal. I'm a mammal too. Let's I know, out. I yeah. know. I'm just like so, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about mammals. I'm really xenophobic against <laughs> non-mammals and I will work on that. <laughs> that's a, that's definitely a sign of loneliness when you're like, hey, a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the pandemic has been rough on us all. It's just mm-hmm. a mammal. Like, we both are warm. Yeah, <laughs> That's all I need. People I've been talking to are spiders. <laughs> oh, yeah, spiders. Spiders? I'm like, yeah, well, it's, I'm not that bothered by spiders. But I'm there's just no. Like, yeah. ask, ask to come in. Just be like, hey. Yeah. Spiders <laughs> definitely in. don't. They definitely no. don't. They just sit in the corner and just bite Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to rate, wrap up the uh, the ratings here, uh, I am tempted to rate this film on a scale. Mm-hmm. We like to find a specific scale for every mm-hmm. film. One um, to four, four being mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Of uh, I like Daniel Radcliffe uh, beard, neatly trimmed beards. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Not butts. Uh, there's also Channing Tatum uh, butt, butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. But that gets complicated mm-hmm. because it does. Two and three yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. How um, many? How many is one? Yeah. Like, do you, you cut a butt cheek in half? Yeah. It's so um, like. Yeah. Is it like scissors? It's always <laughs> <laughs> it's <always> plural. <laughs> scissor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I said, yeah, mm-hmm. give me that scissor. How many scissors? Mm-hmm. But that is a two. Yeah. I like the beards because, like, I feel like uh, Daniel Radcliffe really was the, um, you know, the the like the surprising sensation of the movie i un- mm-hmm. i underestimated his performance but it was better than i or i underestimated him but his performance was really good so i think we should honor <laughs> bearded yeah. abigails mm-hmm. well, out of out of scale of four uh bearded daniel radcliffe's mm-hmm. daniel radcliffe beards was okay. it the beards or or all of him I would say specifically his beard. Like you could, mm-hmm. you okay, could, just the beards, yeah. Okay. Just yeah, just just take that beard and <laughs> put it on a transparent. Daniel Radcliffe's beautiful beard. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. I okay. I think I really like this movie. I had I did have a lot of fun. Like the thing that didn't work for me so much was the action. But you know, you get this a big movie with big movie stars. So I'm giving it three out of four Daniel Radcliffe beards. Mm-hmm. Nice. I uh, since you're a guest, you can you can finish us off. Okay. The, the 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 real review. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I uh, did not find this movie sexy enough, so uh, I'm gonna give it uh, three Daniel Radcliffe beards. Even though the the action part, I was like, that's fine. I just wanted more heat. Mm-hmm. Well, three's still yeah. good. Three is good. Three, three out of four good. is a good rating. That means I liked it. It's a I liked it. You know. Yeah, because yeah. I I I mean I like. I like movies. Is you're gonna have to really do a lot of bad stuff for me to. <laughs> and I liked the, I liked the performances. I was I was entertained, but I wanted more sexiness. I I think I'm with I'm think I'm with both of you. Um, can I give it three plus a a Daniel Radcliffe just a mustache out uh-huh. of four? So it would be like three point five. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I thought the chemistry could have been turned turned up just a bit. I thought the action could have been turned up just a bit. But I feel like if you need just like a nice escapist, like just fun cotton candy level movie, go see it. 
Yeah, it'll be out for a while. Oh, and my God, I think you said this before we started talking, but we you, you even we haven't even discussed it. This was your first movie back, right? It was my mm-hmm. first foray back into a movie theater, um, and I was so glad it was that movie because you know it's what a fun what a fun way to break back in. I feel like if I came back in with like something that was like maybe dramatic and sad, I'd be leaving like, is that what movies were this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's sort of like. The adventure that you missed out on during the last two years, you get mm-hmm. to have in the movie theater. Exactly. Yeah. It is a great, that is a great choice. I did, I, my first, I didn't go to movies for like a year and a half. And uh, I, the last movie I saw was The Invisible Man, the one with uh, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, and yeah. I didn't go to movies for a year and a half. And then mm-hmm. I went back last fall because mm-hmm. the numbers were sort of low. And I was like, I'm going to go see The Card Counter. Okay. Oscar Isaac, okay. which talk about like a a very slow and sad movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. It did feel, but I went because it was like no one was there. I I, I truly had the theater myself. Uh, wow, the magic of the movies, the mm-hmm. card counter. Mm. Um, you'll remember it just like you snuck the movies you snuck into. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna remember that one forever. Well, because there's a little extra uh, something when you're sitting in that movie theater wearing a mask, being like, "Am I?" Am I making a mistake? Yeah. Right. It's a it's there it is a risk, but worth taking. The worth yeah. taking. That's yeah. a little bit a little bit of spicy yeah. to that movie going experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Feldman, thank you so much for being here, our guest today. Uh, I want to point people to where they can find you. People, people, they they're listening. Maybe they don't follow you. Maybe they don't, maybe this is the first time they've ever heard you. Where mm-hmm. do they go to follow you and know what you're up to? Sure, you can go on my Twitter. My main, my personal Twitter is Beckles Two One Two. And if you want to um, follow uh, my podcast Twitter and like listen to it, that Twitter is TSTL Podcast. And the podcast is called Too Stupid to Live, as we we mentioned. And I think, yeah, that's and uh, this is a, this. I personally vouch for this show. This is a really funny show. You get great people to come on and talk about these uh, uh, novels, which are sometimes really interesting. And so this is a great show to listen to. And oh, and, and, and this and your your show, your one woman show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited. This is coming back, right? It is coming back. It's okay. going to be at the Hollywood Fringe Festival in mm. June. Um, so I'm very excited for that. So um, I just created a website, um, <laughs> tight-show.com. So if you want to mm. check out more information on that. But yeah, that's a, I would love to have a people in the audience <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine that feel, mm. might feel nice yeah yeah uh yeah well this is uh, well because you did it a little bit over over pandemic right or you had like I, virtual yeah. shows or something yeah i did do yeah. a virtual show over the pandemic and um it was a lot of fun but you know it's like it's weird i mean it, i would love to have people in front of me, you know, and right. like to like right. see how that goes. <laughs> you mean you would Again. like af- after working very hard on a on a show and, and getting it just right, you would like to have some kind of a human response? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, <laughs> it would. It would be great to just mm-hmm. like not, you know, just you know, not feel like I'm doing a rehearsal all the time. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I could I could totally see that, and I we may drive uh, ones of people to your show. Oh, so if, if there is uh, just one person. I'd be. <laughs> I'll go. Thrilled. I'll go. There's oh, one person. God. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. But the name of the show is Tight. It's Becky Feldman's show, and it'll be uh, it'll be at Hollywood Fringe, and it'll be uh, hopefully somewhere 
Tight-show.com. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and being such a such a knowledgeable uh, authority on this. You're almost like a Sandra Bullock archaeologist who can find uh, mysteries really easily because you know this genre so well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very helpful. Very thank helpful. you. Thank you, guys. You're That's so sweet of you. Um, and I couldn't think of a better way to, to start going to movies again than for this podcast and for you two lovely people. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. And uh, and just just let us know your test results in a few days. And, uh... <laughs> okay, yes. Very I'll sorry about the COVID you got. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't have it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Totally. It's, it's cool now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, bye. Bye.